0: Let's go. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Mission Daily. I'm joined, as always, by the boss lady, Stephanie Postles. Stephanie, how are you?
1: Hey, I am doing great. Just dandy.
0: <laughs> Just dandy. Listen, we got you presented. You started a thing last time where you said, hey, you're going to introduce me to subjects relatively short notice. But for the first time ever, you sent me something that I had a mild understanding of. Mild. Uh, <laughs> Central. <laughs> That's not <Bank> the plan. <laughs> Central Bank Digital Currency And Let's start with you What is CBDC? It's not CBD, we're not talking about cannabis oil Or whatever people are, you know what I mean That should be legal I guess, I don't know I don't know why it's illegal, I don't even know what it is really I I know people are just taking weed oil I don't know
1: Yeah I'm also like, yeah I don't really understand that one But we're not
0: talking about weed oil Yeah we're not
1: talking about CBD, we're talking about CBDC Central Bank Digital Currency
0: CBDC
1: So I actually had not really paid much attention to this because I don't watch the news very often and I'm not watching what, you You, know, you got to
0: watch the news. Come on. Well, yeah, actually, I don't watch the news. You got to read the news. You got to see what's happening.
1: I don't. (laughs) I mean, I've been (laughs) in it. I've been doing other things. So my life has been consumed in other ways. I'm not looking at what our feds doing or whatever. Until now, this popped up on my on my probably Twitter. Actually, I think it popped up on Twitter and the second I saw central bank digital currency, just the name, I already was like, no, this is a no for me. I don't even have to look further into it, but I did, and you know, it's basically a central monetary system, a way to digitally track what you're using, like how you're using your money. They try and consider it, like they or they called it a when di- they say they. Ha-
0: we're talking about this is typically going to be issued by governments, so yeah, uh, like for those Federal listening. Reserve. So imagine if the Federal Reserve said, hey, instead of serialized paper bills, we're going to go after digitized um, digitized dollars. So yeah, I mean, what's weird is we're kind of almost there already. Like we're really, really close. Um, it feels like we're close. Maybe I'm not right there. But I mean, most money is digital to begin with anyways, right? You well, get paid Well, it is digital, digitally.
1: but it's still, I would say, more decentralized because of the different banking systems. All the bank
0: ledgers have all the the information.
1: Yeah. So this is basically doing the opposite. It's making it even more centralized to where the government not only has... Insights and access into right your They'd funds. Have the ledger
0: of every dollar where it is at any given time. Right now, the government doesn't actually know that. No different from mm-hmm. it actually doesn't know where your paper money is. Right, it's mm-hmm. got a serial number, and if you were to turn that dollar or twenty dollars in, they could run the serial number and know when it was made and kind of know like who's checked it in. Mm-hmm. But they don't actually know where it given dollar is at any given moment. The whole idea behind this is that all U.S. dollars would be on the same ledger, similar to what you hear about blockchain, and that. A central authority or an open source authority, although we know for sure it would not be open source, no. um, would be able to instantly look at, you know, just like you can look at a blockchain ledger of Bitcoin right now and know every node that has Bitcoin, except you don't know who owns the nodes. Uh, I believe if a central bank did this, you would they would know yep. when you open an account, like who owns the node.
1: I mean, that's what is very interesting because, I mean, we've seen everything happening with blockchain, with Bitcoin. And to me, that is great. Everything that's been happening, there's a lot of movement. But I mean, that's obviously decentralized is what I think is the way of the future. And then here comes the Federal Reserve being like, okay, so we didn't do well with the US dollar per se. Uh, We've been trying to control it in ways that actually made everything worse. And so instead, let's just move to a digital version where we can still actually control things. Because if you look behind the scenes, they're still going to manipulate it to try and keep it stable which means they're gonna do exactly what they did to the US dollar. So it's like, if you didn't do it well in paper form, why would I trust to move to a digital currency that you're still controlling? And now not only are you controlling it, but then you also have access and insights into every movement I'll ever make. And the first thing I thought about was honestly China. China's social, what is it? The social credit scoring system. Have you heard of this?
0: Mm, loosely, yeah. So,
1: I mean, basically, you know, China uses kind of like credit cards to pay for everything. And if you're a good citizen, you get more credits. If you're doing what they want, you get more credits or whatever. But if you say anything against the government, if you say anything bad at all, they will take credits away from you. And then you can't pay for things. You can't pay for plane tickets. You can't pay for buses. You can't pay for food. And so they will penalize you if you're not a, air quote, you know, good citizen to them. And... I don't know. It doesn't seem like it's working that well over there. So I'm like, we're literally moving to a place where, I mean, money is the way to control everything.
0: Well, when you say not well, what do you mean by that? Because, you know, this is the interesting thing about, um, I think that we, we in the West have a misconception of China in that whether you can say they're brainwashed or not, most people in China actually, like from what I've read, they don't actually think their country's doing anything wrong.
1: Well, I did see what was it when they started locking people out during COVID time period and they Correct. just started That doesn't seem
0: There very are good. there are up <laughs> there there are, there are definitely uprisings for sure, but the overall this concept of one China is very popular among its people where like what's best for the nation is best for us.
1: Well, if you can't read what's happening outside the world, then yeah, I'm sure
0: that (laughs) the bubble that you're
1: in seems pretty okay until you break free and you're like, what the hell? Like, how have I been enduring that? I mean, a lot of my friends that I worked with previously, they were from China Yep. And they would tell me about. Oh,
0: yeah. I'm the, not I'm no interest in going back. You know, my parents broke off to independent <laughs> for th- Taiwan for a reason. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: but like, I mean, they they tell me the difference between, you know, the younger generation who kind of is eager to get out and getting, you know, insights into the outside world. And then the parents, how they're like, they still read the newspapers that are obviously it only tells. Edited. What,
0: yeah. They're very edited. edited. They're yeah. Edited. And that's like
1: all they want to read. So t- I don't know. To me. I don't think almost anything good is probably happening when it comes to the government within China. Like, uh, I mean, hey, some people might not probably agree.
0: From our perspective, I agree.
1: Yeah. But I mean, I think this kind of reminds me of that, though, where it's like all of a sudden the government has access to your finances and they can start making decisions and they can just cut it off. I mean, if what was it? Uh, when I look at a lot of things that are being discussed right now, I think the governor of New York, he just said, hey, I don't, you know, we're not, we're going to stop. Um, buying as much milk and meat in new york i don't know why he was saying this but in this kind of system you literally could just come in and be like hey no more payments can go towards buying milk i'm going to stop that or the ev car stuff like we're not going to be doing gas anymore like instead of just letting the market decide of like who wants gas cars or not just coming in to be like nope we're not allowing payments to gas anymore like there's so many ways to control it
0: part of it is faith like part of part of humanity citizenship requires a level of faith. And I'm not saying that we should show more or show less. I'm just saying faith is part of what we do because the reality is our government can enact policies that we probably don't agree with. I mean we can see it across the world, right? When you mention China, you can mention Russia, you can mention any nation that ha- is uh like well, any any nation And its rulers or whatever can decide something that grossly impacts its citizens, regardless of vote. A central currency would further enable this. And that's the biggest problem. To me, that's the biggest problem. Even though we kind of have a central because we all agree the U.S. dollar is the way we're going to transact money. This idea that they or someone else at all times can know where money is, but more importantly, move it. That's the that's the thing is like, so when I bank with, think about what we do today. If I bank with Capital One, Capital One has my back. If I bank with bank I, I believe that they do, right? Because if I give a false charge, I can tell Capital One that's a false charge, reverse it. And they will. Bank of America, same thing, right? They do checks and balances. They make sure that, hey, you know, when you swipe your credit card and it's a little bit bigger sum, they, I get alerts like, hey, did you actually want to spend this money? I'm like, yeah, I do. I, But I appreciate that because I feel like someone's looking out for me. This idea that someone else can do something, because money's already digital, which I think most people would agree with that, right? Like I get <laughs> my bank of goes up. I didn't put money in. It just goes up and it goes down when I, when I swipe my card. That's it. Mm-hmm. But the idea that one governing authority could, with seemingly no checks and balances, move money, change money, I don't like it.
1: (laughs) No, (laughs) no. I mean, that's why I'm like, I know I've been pro-Bitcoin for a long time, and I'm even more so now, because when you start looking, okay— let me also pull you into a rabbit hole I fell into. And oh, I mean, yeah. I have a lot more.
0: <laughs> Is this fictional or nonfiction? No, well, it's, if it's the future, it's it's just the hypothesis. No, it's not the
1: future. It's actually, so <laughs> I didn't really understand, you know, back when I was going through my finance courses, maybe we studied some of these layers, but I completely forgot all that knowledge because I have not been in the world of actual finance for a while. But if you think about, where these policies are coming from so we were talking about the federal reserve like every nation has their own version of a federal reserve just like we have sure. this anyone, ro- anyone
0: who produces currency that's correct
1: yep so all these federal reserves roll up to the IMF what does the IMF stand for again let me look
0: internet I don't know <laughs> international monetary monetary <laughs> yeah. fund or something like that yeah so Federation. the international
1: yep international monetary fund I think so they all roll up to that. Now, and let's then, get this
0: right. IMF means the International Monetary Fund. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Organization of 190 countries working to foster global monetary cooperation, secure financial stability, facilitate international trade, promote high employment and sustainable economic growth and reduce poverty around the world. Pretty much all of the major nations are part of it. 190. Yep.
1: So then above the IMF, this is a layer that I did not, I remember hearing about this, but I had not heard about it for a long time, is the BIS, the Bank of international settlements. Have you heard of this?
0: The Bank of International Settlements, the BIS, supports central banks' pursuit of monetary and financial stability through international cooperation.
1: So this is above the IMF. I started looking into the hierarchies. And this one is run by this dude, Augustine. Augustine and a bunch of bankers basically. like That's who gets to decide. At this very top, it's a bunch of banks that are up here kind Mm -hmm. of like running the show along with Augustine. And I was watching a video of Augustine and he's talking about the plans for the CBDC, which we were just talking about. And he was saying that a lot of people think of the CBDC as an equivalent of cash, but actually it's a misconception because with cash, you don't see where money's going and you don't really understand like who's spending what and the dollar amounts and where they're moving. And he's like, and with CBDC, you can, and you'll have full control. He literally uses those words like you'll have full control.
0: So he's using this, it as like oversight. I'll have oversight if we yeah, go and to this CBDC. Is,
1: yeah. And so, I mean, that to me was the scariest thing, knowing that this BIS is at the top of the hierarchy and it's being driven by this dude, Augustine, and of course, many other people but they're kind of viewing this as like, it'll all become one central currency. And I know they're also messing around with like something called a Unicoin and other things, basically be able to, yeah, control funds and see what people are doing with it. And when I know something's a little off is when people start trying to say, we're doing this for safety, we're doing it for safety. Like this is to protect people. And they started going off on um, saying how, you know, maybe when it's a certain smaller dollar amount, we don't need to track it. However, you know, this the terrorist attacks in France, they were done by um, people spending less than $100 on credit cards. And so we might need to actually track smaller amounts too, just in the name of safety and terrorism. And I don't know, I just started watching these videos and I'm like, this just feels very scary. And then they're one thing of like why we need this CBDC, why we need like a unified currency is because money takes so long to transfer. And now you know we're trying to send money across borders and it just takes so long. And I'm like, uh, we've had Bitcoin for a long time now. We already have the solution. And here they come being like, let the government come in. We'll solve this for you guys so you can transfer money across borders. Meanwhile, we already have something that can do it. And it is getting better. Like the Lightning Network's getting better. So all of this makes me a little concerned and more just, uh, I think, realizing that we don't even understand what's happening at these higher levels. Like we might be caught up in our, you know, our bank stuff, SVB stuff. Uh, We might be thinking about our Federal Reserve. We're hearing about what they're doing. But like, then there's these players at the top who are kind of like designing everything and we don't even like know because we're just paying attention to more local level stuff and we don't... We don't really understand what's happening at these higher levels.
0: So this is where I fall back to something I've said many times before. is like, even if you know something is nefarious or higher power, something is happening, the world is going to move forward. And whether Mm -hmm. it goes to that or not, Am I a rebel fighter? Probably not. Am I going to be part of some rebellion or uprising? Probably not. Am I going off the grid completely so that I can never get like I love how people like, oh, if this happens, I'm going to have my own piece of land come and take it. I'm like, yo, (laughs) do you realize what you're saying? Like if if like the government was completely, uh, let's say, completely evil, run by evil actors and they had the power and might of the U.S. military, do you really think? Joe Bob, Billy Bob, that you're going to stand your ground on your little piece of land in Colorado because you have a title and deed. Look at this paper. I own it. It's like, Mm -hmm. fuck you. You you did that taken from you in a second. Mm -hmm. That's what China does, right? When they exercise eminent domain, like you have no say. And so if in the event governments were doing that to its people, the brutal reality is you probably would be at the mercy of it. Like you really couldn't do something about it. And so right now when the issues are – you know, they're not mainstream yet. Like you have to, you can vote, right? And some people don't believe in their vote. The other way to think about it is what will I do? Like, how will I take advantage? If this is the wave, how will I take advantage? And that is why more so than ever, I'm pro Bitcoin.
1: I mean, that's what I exactly was going to say is my one takeaway is, Get some of, and this is not financial advice. Albert and I don't know what the hell we're ever talking about. I
0: don't know what the future holds, but I feel <laughs> but, like I—if if yes. there is a subset of people who want to own an asset that is not going to be able to be taken, like you cannot take it from me, yep. I want that asset. That's what I think. Yep.
1: Yeah. And like, why not be diversified? I mean, we see what's happening with all the banks right now. All the chaos circling around it, coming to one central currency, if And if none of that makes you worried, then at least just go to normal financial principles of like diversify a bit. And so I know, Albert, you and I are very bullish on putting some money in Bitcoin. It doesn't have your whole life savings, but like, can you put some in there? Um, Because I think the more that people see what's happening, the more that they will probably be like, well, I'd rather go into something that is not going to just be tracked and that can't be controlled because, I mean, I really think with the CBDC, like, when you look at the language behind how they can they're going to control the supply, it's literally the same thing they've been doing the dollar, and it's like they're bailing on the dollar kind of, and they're like, let me get into a digital way of like inflating the shit out of something. Yeah, so in the so- future,
0: for everyone, to, uh, this is my opinion: we will be spending satoshis, not bitcoins. We will be spending satoshis because a bitcoin can be divided one hundred million ways uh, yep. into sats, sats for short, satoshis. So I, in curiously, I in my calculator was like, huh, I wonder. How much that is, and it's into the quadrillions. And then I asked, how many dollars are in circulation in the U.S. and it's in the trillions. So a quadrillion is more than a thousand times a, a trillion. So like that's how many satoshis are available. Mm-hmm. So maybe the days of for some like I can never own a full Bitcoin because they trade at um uh, like $27, twenty seven twenty thousand dollars as we're speaking. which you could add some sats.
1: And <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a thing of the past of like, that was to me from the earlier days of launching Bitcoin and being like, yeah, let me get a couple of them. Like, you know, why not? It's like any other coin right now. Yeah. you are like, oh, okay, I'll buy a hundred. But like, I mean, this is a good thing that it's moving probably to a place like you're talking about where supply and demand. Now you can just break it up into smaller amounts and spend it, you know, without having to worry about, is it a whole Bitcoin? Like that is just, I think, a thing of the past. And yeah. you go on there, you can put a hundred dollars <laughs> and you will get some satoshis. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly, and I think that's. I I think that if if we go to a world of CBDs, like let's say, let's assume that it happens, could it happen in America? I think it's pretty tough because I do think that the private institutions of America are quite strong. I actually, you know, for a lot of people that are conspiracy theorists, they actually believe that the private institutions are actually the ones that run the government. So if that's the case, why would they ever give up control of? Of funds, right? Mm-hmm. So if like I'm Capital One or I'm Goldman Sachs or any of the other com- like BlackRock, Blackstone, you know, they kind of sound evil, by the way. BlackRock, Blackstone, mm-hmm. like, what do you guys do? If, like we just own a lot of stuff, <laughs> yeah. right? Vanguard, Fidelity, like all these massive holding companies. Who knows what they're holding? It's not in their best interest either to have someone else be able to take what they have. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? So like it's it's kind of I think it's a hard. It's probably going to be hard. I think it's nice everyone always presents laws and new uh, ways of doing things in in the world of uh, utopia Mm -hmm. Um, but we already know that things that are very good for us don't always get voted on for example like wind energy like it's probably pretty good for us to invest in wind energy do we do it not really right it's probably good for us to fix a bridge it's like takes an act of God to like get your Mm -hmm. uh, local uh, municipality to fix a bridge or invest in infrastructure so we're just we as people are just terrible actually at choosing things that are good for us Mm
1: -hmm.
0: so they can paint cbdc in the most positive light possible but i just think that the the power players they don't seem to want to go there yeah i I mean and i don't know how to convince them because because the reality is the in america the corporations have more power than in place like china where mm
1: -hmm.
0: president xi is the man like (laughs) if he says this is how it's done this is how it's done
1: yep Oh, I Jack. mean, that's why I'm just like, there's already a, there's already a playbook, a case study to study. And like, I'm going to still stay, I'm going to still, still say it does not work. Like there are a lot of problems over there that I don't want to turn into that. And I just, I mean, who, what, or have you heard of, um, what mayor Rothschild, the family or whatever? There's a lot of like rumors about the Rothschilds. No, have you heard about them.
0: No, no, I got to okay. look it up.
1: Yeah. So look up, uh, Roth. I mean, this is like, they still talk about this today.
0: The German banker, mayor Rothschild. Mm-hmm. OK, so
1: he had a quote. I think it was in like the 1800s. I don't know exactly when, but this uh, shows 1760
0: like this. To eight, he founded 1760s. He died in 1812.
1: OK, so I mean, this to me shows how people think about controlling money. And this is still today true. But he had a quote that was along the lines of like, give me control over a nation's currency and I care not who makes its laws. Like it's all about. Who gets to control the money? He's like, I don't give a shit about politicians. I don't care what laws they're doing. That'll just like, you know, distract the public. Oh, I'm going to go and I'm going to vote on this thing. I'm going to vote on that thing. And meanwhile, you've got these bigger players like the BIS literally determining everything or trying to. Mm -hmm. And as you know, though, through all of that, I'm still always very bullish on America, people, like just being able to try new things. I mean, the fact of where we are now with... Bitcoin in any crypto really is to me very impressive how quickly technology is speeding up. That is my one optimistic light at the very end of this is other than, you know, saying, hey, I'm very pro Bitcoin and I'm going to be putting some money in there for sure, even more money. Um, But it's also me betting on the people who are moving things forward so quickly that I don't think the governments can keep up no matter how much they try and control shit, no matter how much people try and come in and be like, we're going to make this central currency. Like there's a reason that Bitcoin was created when it was and they will probably try and recreate it and they won't know how to do it the right way. And they'll they'll mess it up. They'll just make it like the normal. Well,
0: what makes Bitcoin so powerful is because it doesn't have an owner. Exactly. He doesn't yeah. have an owner. You, you know? pull
1: an owner in and you're going to mess so it up.
0: The owner always <laughs> leans towards themselves. That's just yeah. how it goes. The, um the interesting thing about this. So this was um said to me, and I'm going to be paraphrasing through, like I said, uh, through the eyes of my son's hockey coach, who is a deputy commander in the U S military. So he's not like just some dude. I'm just like, Oh yeah, you're the man. He's <laughs> the <Deputy laughs> commander of JSOC. He put it in a way that's pretty interesting. Is that when you're in a moment in time, you always feel like things are going awry, right? But since the beginning of time, humanity has always had somebody who wants more, right? So Mm -hmm. like when when we were nomadic, there was a tribe that wanted what you had. When you were city-states, there was a city-state that wanted what you had. When you were countries, there was a country that wanted what you had. So inevitably, there's always been this desire. Like It is basically human nature to want more. And in that creates the conflict because people don't want to be taken, right? Yep. If you also follow history, and he says sometimes it takes longer and sometimes it doesn't take as long. But the point is, is that in general, rulers cannot rule unfairly forever because inevitably, he says you look throughout history, there's always an uprising or a fall, like a nation's fall. Right. Mm-hmm. Because someone else takes out that nation because it's weak. So like right now, for example, if we take North Korea, it's run by, you know, Kim Jong-un and um and his sister who would take over. It's run by their family. Will that be forever? It's hard to imagine that it would be forever like that. Right. It's been yeah. like that for a long time, but it's only been like that for like uh something like 50, 50 excuse me, since like the Korean War, basically. Mm-hmm. Right. And they were saying like, but if you look at the history of time, like who ruled, families that ruled, right? Like emperors of China, they ruled for like 500 years. Like families were in control for 500 years, but you can't rule forever. And so he was was kind of like what you're saying, like the power has always been in the people, but Mm -hmm. it's just a matter of do the people choose to organize. And he says, and like, he's obviously, he's he's an American guy, fights for America. He's very pro-America. Like we have, our nation is one of the few, despite the fact that we're not getting along at all, it seems like right now, we are still one of the only nations where the people have a lot of say in the way things Mm -hmm. go.
1: Yeah.
0: And that's just not the case, as you know, for a lot of other nations, which requires a much harder way for them to over, like, dude, if you wanted to overturn the kingdom of Saudi Arabia, I I don't know how you do that. You would have to get all the people to like, be like, we're going to fight the Mm -hmm. the royal family. Right. And that's That might be a scary thing, but he was basically saying in history, in time, everyone that has ruled unfairly will fall. Maybe not in their lifetime, but maybe in their family's lifetime. Like no one, nothing is forever. Do you see what I'm saying? Which is a good thing. Nothing is forever.
1: (laughs) Yep. I mean, that's why I'm like, I will. Yeah. It feels like a long time when you're in it because that's all maybe we've been hearing about in our lifetime. And if you zoom out, you're like, things will change. Uh, And I think that now more than ever, I mean, just. Like I keep saying how quickly things are changing, how much more access and insights and, you know, digitally native everything is going. Like I think things will be continuing to evolve. And I mean, the other interesting thing with all these moves is that the government has never really, I mean, this is a very large statement, but I don't see the government coming in and making anything well. I feel like it's the private companies or the private market who usually end up solving the problems in a way that's best. I mean- Even look at space like government may have started it, but now they're going to Elon Musk being like, hey, can you get our stuff up to space now? Because it's actually cheaper if you do it than when we do it. Like, I just feel like private usually wins. It probably
0: it's more I think it's more along the lines of like. Probably more like moments of time, too, I think right now, private industry is doing things a lot better, because right now, like if I think about the US government, one of the biggest problems is whether it's municipal, you know, city, city, muni, state or federal or international, the biggest problem with government right now is it is so hard to get anything done because we've entered well, yeah. in so many administrative layers. But yep. if you really think about like some of the things the United States has done, right, developing postal system, like you can say it's not good now because FedEx is now better, but yep. it created one. That's yeah. pretty well, it amazing. Be, it
1: might be a, a starter. Right? Maybe like that's the international. They're just not a finisher. Right. Like, like private it, companies come in and finish and do the interstate.
0: <laughs> the interstate. But the
1: private companies build interstates, though.
0: Now... But not then. Yeah. Right. This is yeah. all federal. This was a federal mandate to like build interstates. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, our the U.S. highway system played a big part in how we became a developed nation. Right. Well, the federal rail system, yeah, it was built on the backs of slave labor, like straight up, like Asian slaves mm-hmm. <laughs> built the railroads. But these are, th- you know, I, I don't I'm not trying to say whether it was morally just, but the government in the past has led the way. But it's definitely now harder than ever for the government to get anything done and it's because Mm -hmm. we've introduced all this fat. you know i'm curious about like when the next revolution will change because the only way i see and i'll just speak for america the only way i see the u.s government changing for the better is the smartest people have to be in the positions of power and right now we have fucking Mm -hmm. clowns we have clowns that are doing political theater beating their chest trying to make every issue totally bipolar, I assume polarized so that, you know, I'm just against it because your party's for it. Like people aren't Mm -hmm. thinking anymore. I look forward to the day when that is no longer the case. And we have some of this, like, you think about like, you know, a lot of people that love America will cite the founding fathers, like the foresight that they had to be like, "Look, we need a system of checks and balances. This is how Mm -hmm. we're going to run things. This is how, like, we need people like that again to be in charge and not these political theatrics that we have. And I don't know how that comes to be.
1: And yeah, I mean, cause that's I, hard. <laughs> so I've been getting kind of a really cool insight and I know we're getting towards time, so I'll try and do this one quick, but I've been doing all these interviews uh, for Lawrence Livermore's National Lab, the podcast that we're doing in partnership with them. Um, that's gonna be coming out probably in like a month or two. Um, but I've been interviewing folks who were at the lab 40 years ago, 50 years. I mean, and they've been there for 40 years. Wow. And I mean, it's been really cool talking to these folks who are probably 70s, 80s. I mean, they're they're getting up there um, who kind of talk about like how things used to be and how these like startup cultures kind of, you know, what it looked like back in the day and uh, how, you know, the person who started the lab, like built the culture. And it's just really interesting wondering when I keep hearing from these folks now where I'm like, how can I mean, not just a lab or anything like, but how can America get back to those kind of roots? Like you're talking about or having people thinking differently and just, yeah, really being scrappier with problems and bringing in different experts. I mean, they and talk about time how they do innovators
0: the- innovators in charge. Also exactly. big time innovators in charge, not like, yep. uh, you know, I want to argue about trans, you know, like freaking, I don't want to make fun of transgender, but like, tr- like transgendered issues. I'm not saying they're not issues, but like, we are arguing about things that- in my opinion, affect a smaller amount of subset of people versus like national issues. I don't know if we need to cut that part because I'm going to get canceled or I don't know. But like, like what is taught yeah, in schools? Yeah. I mean, dude, I, I kind of care and I don't care. It's like, when, when are we going to push towards math, science, excellence? Like i read mm-hmm. about how schools are wanting to get rid of um, standardized testing or advanced mathematics classes because it's unfair. Like unfair. What are we talking about? Yeah. Like We should push the brightest and the best to
1: the yep. top, yep. Like
0: <laughs> there is no other way. Like I don't. I mean, like, why that's you- why
1: we just need different <laughs> leaders. Like you're saying. Like I want love him or hate him. I want the Elon Musk of the world, who are literally thinking about everything differently. That's the kind of people that I want making decisions in parallel with other folks as well. But I mean, I just think right now it's all in this one thought bubble, and then you hear the conversations that are happening, and you're like, they're all idiots. I mean, even for like the TikTok ban. I mean, how many? comedy skits came from that hearing where they're all interviewing the TikTok CEO, you know, and they're like, is, you know, like TikTok tapping into my phone line in my house? And they're like, tell me how it gets through the wireless. Like the questions they're asking. I'm no, like, they don't understand oh the Internet. They don't we understand. look like idiots. Like these people are fucking idiots. And that's who's running this company. That's who's building these bills. They're literally wondering, like, is there, you know, is the TikTok CEO in my pocket when my phone's in my pocket? Is he in there? Like No, but your data is
0: being captured.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but, but if I
0: wanted to query it, I could.
1: Yeah. Which is, I don't know. I just, I just think there's, I needs mean, so many changes that I, yeah. So
0: how, but- this is, this is the magic question. Then if we agree, I think most people would agree that the brightest and the best. So that's why, by the way, let me go on this a little tight, tar- since we have school-aged children. This idea that we are all equal in education is the dumbest thing I've ever heard because we're not. Mm-hmm. People, there's, there's always going to be people guess what? Some are going to be faster. Some are going to be taller. Some are going to look better, like just going to be handsomer. Some are going to be born with better health. And you can say all these things about advantages or disadvantages and some of them have a really big freaking brain and you should be pushed to the top.
1: Yeah. And that's what Lawrence Livermore was actually talking about. Sorry, I keep like circling it back to them, but they were talking about this guy. Edward, who started you know, the lab eventually, he was constantly tapped into by the government to solve problems, whether it be around weapons, whether it be around like literally what it was. Yeah. They constantly were tapping on his shoulder to be like, hey, can you build this for us? Can you solve this? Can you go create a lab for this? Yeah. And then he would bring in, okay, I'm going to bring in maybe a biochemist. I'm going to bring in an astrophysicist. I'm going to bring in this or whatever. So all these different people with different opinions and different backgrounds. And he was given resources to build the next thing and space. I mean, they were saying like back then they would literally be like, Hey, uh, here's a budget, go figure things out. in, I don't know, astrophysics, I'm just making that up, but like, go just do cool shit. That was literally their command back then. And so then they had this space to be able to really advance things. And sometimes they would get tapped on by people to be like, can you build this for us? But that was like the brightest in America. The government was in partnership with them and being like, so that's where I feel like that's, How can we get back to that? How can we tap into the people who are literally like transforming the world and be like, okay, can you solve this for us? Like, can you advance these things as well? Or at least teach us a bit about it so we can learn how to think about this when we're thinking about policies. And I know that sometimes it's happening here and there. I remember when I worked at Google, um, I think it was Obama came and, you know, met with Sundar and like did certain things. I think at certain points they've tried, but there's still a lot of dummies who are making laws. And that's from like, that level needs to just change. And honestly, maybe just go younger. I mean, when I think, when I was hearing about these labs, the people who started these labs are making these huge innovations were like 25, 26. Like advancing history oh, forever. So I'm oh, like, maybe dude, we just-
0: Dude, uh, the, the, we should 100%- <laughs> We might get canceled. We need might get canceled after caps. this. <laughs> we, the government needs age caps. They need term limits yeah. and age caps. And like, yeah. seriously, like we, the, we should not have presidents, in my opinion, I don't trust any 80-year-old to have cognitive ability beyond uh like a 25-year-old super genius. Your yeah. point by the way. So w- when I went to Hawaii, we went to the Pearl, we went to Pearl Harbor and you're reading about like all these things that the military. So like that's what I mean like I think the government used to be in a different place, right? Where yeah. you had the brightest of the bright solving the biggest problems, right? So like people remember like it's hard to imagine but like 1941 we had fleets of battleships. Yeah. We had airplane we like to 1941 we were already like innovating at a pace that you couldn't imagine of course mm-hmm. when the united states got brought into world war ii industrial revolution another age of industrialism happened in the united states where we were manufacturing yeah. more engineering more like the whole nation was unified and was like saying hey we're going to defend our nation this is what we're going to do shortly after in 1952 the united states military. So again, you can't say the government doesn't do anything, but cuz they but they've lost their way, right? They invent mm-hmm. the radar system, which eventually gets adopted by the FAA, which is able to track control and safely land planes basically all over the world. Do you know the FAA system hasn't been updated in more than 30 years? Like we just stopped? Mm-hmm. Like we're just done?
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> And We're now, done, I guess.
0: <laughs> like, what's good? We, we, we peaked. <laughs> yeah. We made it. <laughs> there's, uh, last time I checked, there's more planes in the air now than ever. Like, we need, in if, if you've ever seen, if anyone's ever seen an FAA system, it looks like a dot matrix green. Like, it looks like shit. Like, you couldn't believe how antiquated it is. That's what we still rely on to land our plane safely. And I get it. It still works. But is it how much longer is it going to work? Mm-hmm. And so that's what I think about. We're just in this moment of time where. The level of distrust in the government is high because of the fact maybe in the last 30 years, it feels like we're not making, it doesn't feel like we're making great progress. That's the, I think that's the disheartening thing probably yeah. is, is like, dude, what are we doing?
1: Well, with that, if anyone knows how to solve these things, well, first, if you have ideas, let us know yeah. if you want to cancel Albert and I feel free to send Albert an email or <laughs> <off> uh, <laughs> go on, his, go on his LinkedIn and let him know why you want to cancel either one <laughs> yeah. after this episode. Yeah. Um. But yeah. I mean, this is just super interesting things to think about. And I do think there is a lot of opportunity and ways to potentially solve this now more than ever. So I'm always going to remain bullish, always remain optimistic and I'm always on by Bitcoin. And that's my three things. That's it.
0: That's it. And, and, and I think to this is, we need people with really tough skin that are willing to run. I think that's and I, I don't know how to mm-hmm. make that happen because we already know that when you enter a political race, you get dragged. I mean you get yeah. skate you get the other side's going that's like their mission the drag you through yep. the mud yeah um so it's tough if you're like a really smart, sharp person, like how do you not get dragged?
1: Yeah, I think I that turns
0: a lot of people i mean I know it turns a lot of people away,
1: yep, yeah for sure <laughs> oh. Last thing, um, because we're in this new format where I'm just suggesting ideas last minute to you, if anyone listening has a topic that you want me to throw on to Albert last minute, send me an email at stephanie@mission.org and let me know what topics you want us to explore. And I will look into it first and make sure I'm the smarter one before I throw it to Albert 10 minutes before our conversation. So send send me an email. And with that, we will see you all next time.
0: Awesome. Bye, everybody.